Patriot power. You're in the dog zone for an hour. Come on. You know the number. The Dog Zone 9000, the official zone of 1900hotdog.com, the last comedy website. Go to our Patreon and support the text and picture delivery of jokes, or ignore me and watch the internet burn down to outrage click ash. I'm the World Web's Sean Baby, and I'm joined by Robert. Yes, follow up questions, Brockway. Sure, we'll have some follow up questions. Here's a Brockway fact the Scientologist who scanned me said I had the biggest body thetans he'd ever seen on a man. Well, I have no follow-up questions to that. That is, Yeah, that's why I figured this was perfect. It's a complete story. Well, we're joined by the multi-talented writer, director, producer, whose work you've seen or heard on Cracked or Small Beans, Abe Epperson. Hey, thanks for having me, Dog Zone. Hey, it's our pleasure. I like how when you say A is your introduction, it kind of sounds like your name, like you're going Abe. Mm -hmm. Many years of people yelling hey in crowded areas and me going like, why are these people all calling my name? (laughs) I'm so popular. Yeah, I'm so popular. I'm going to love Abe. But then I like if you say your name too fast, you say ape, which is a fun bonus. Yep. Had a lot of fun with my name over the years. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I didn't say my name. But uh, Mm -hmm. I'm absolutely going to pronounce it ape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that yeah. uh does that bring back nice childhood memories or frustrating childhood memories? <laughs> uh no, it's it's all it's all good. I I, I know I, I know what I'm I am, which is a clown. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> sure, and sure. so so uh, feels, you know Ape to me Ape to me sounds a real like a really affectionate drinking buddy name. Mm-hmm. Like like uh like Ape Aperson. By the thirtieth beer yeah. we've had together, I will call you Ape and like mean it in the most loving way and a single tear will drop from my yeah. eye and i'll be like this we're friends forever now <laughs> this is gonna stick this is I gonna feel stick. it and i will devour that tear and whisper in your ear <laughs> now i have your strength <laughs> and you would and, and the, the you strength would actually... of an ape that's how you steal the strength <laughs> yeah, of an ape that's... You, you drink its you kiss its I, tears i've read that wiki how that is how you capture <laughs> the strength of an ape <laughs> Like <laughs> how to capture the strength of an ape. Look it up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what are you working on these days, Abe? Are you uh... well? You mentioned the small beans thing, which is uh, mm-hmm. you know me and uh, my my writing partner Michael Swaim. We like to mm-hmm. you know run our podcasts and stuff like that. Uh, you know, just like everyone does, all comedians do. Um, so that's our that's my main plug right now, I guess. Um, but other than that, man, I'm just trying to stay above water in these terrible uh in this terrible soup that we got going uh that is our economy you know what i'm saying sure yeah Just the trying world's to falling make apart. money <laughs> world is falling apart and i'm trying to make ends meet uh we, we got a movie that we're trying to make right now it's uh called it used to be called the furry movie but now it's called papa bear and it's an autobiographical kind of uh comedy based around michael swaim where he, uh, he found out when he was a teenager that his dad was a furry. And uh, so that's, you know, just tons of comedy going on right there. So, yeah, we're doing that. We're that going Michael Swaim, like, has so many layers of mystery to him. It's too like, much. Like, every time I hang out with Michael Swaim, I learn something fascinating 
Yeah. I've told him to stop. And he doesn't. Dense with personality. Yeah. He's He's a a pemmican of personality. Just an enigma inside an onion. (laughs) You know? That's how it works. I do want to watch that movie. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I, uh, I don't know if I've read the current script, but I read one script and it was great. I loved it. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely changed, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna sally forth and we're gonna make it. We're gonna we're gonna do the independent movie thing. But uh, enough about that stuff. That's just cool stuff that's going on yeah. in my life. Enough about good movies. Uh-huh. Let's talk about the underground comedy movie. Holy fuck, you guys! Let's talk about. Yeah. Let's talk about Papa Bear for two <laughs> more hours. Yeah. Hell yeah. This yeah, movie, I um I think wow. this was uh, a bad idea. I've I've had uh, this yeah. movie for so long and I was I've never really watched it to completion and I thought You never even worth... watched this to completion before telling us to You motherfucker. No. Yeah, no, I really blew it. <laughs> You're right to be angry. Uh and I thought because it's got such a weird backstory, uh, because this was a movie made by um Vince Offer, who, uh, I mean, this guy could live to be 700 years old and he'd still be called the ShamWow guy. He's uh, the ShamWow guy. Uh, he was born Offer Shlomi. And uh, the Wait, third the Offer part is real? Yeah. The Offer, it sounds like, oh, my <laughs> name is Vince, because he's also sometimes called Vince Shlomi. And it feels like, yeah, Shlomi's not a great like showbiz name. But for an infomercial guy, Offer is just a perfect name. Uh, <laughs> no, that's apparently, amazing. Apparently, that's his original first name. You know what? I forget now. I don't know. Wik- I Wikipedia uh, yeah. for this guy is uh, it doesn't feel very accurate. However, the third sentence of it uh, has the unchallenged statement that the underground comedy movie is considered by some as one of the worst films of all time. It's just like before we get anywhere in the Wikipedia for this, let's just we just want to let you know this fucking sucks. Um, and by unchallenged, you mean there's no like citation needed or anything there? They're just yeah, like, it's, yeah. There's no one arguing it. Yeah. Even even Vince has not come on the site and been like, guys, come on. Is, is it really that bad? It is. I promise. I several times while watching this actually closed my eyes and like took a breath. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I couldn't watch another minute of it. That's how bad it is. A lot of times I'll have to, I, I just do this anyway, but I'll, I'll have to stop what I'm doing and, and go move, go move around the house. I, I swear to God, I walked like three miles trying to watch this fucking movie. Just every <laughs> taking breaks in the middle of like two minute long sketches to just go just take a lap. Just going to go take yeah. a lap. Yeah. I got to got to hype myself up to go back in there and watch the rest of this fucking sketch. It, it took me thought. four hours to watch this goddamn movie. It took so long. I did have the thought that this <laughs> if there was one fewer come joke, this would this might be a masterpiece. But they just got so self-indulgent, you know? Yeah. Just they won too many cum jokes. They <laughs> flew too close to the sun. <laughs> right, right. That's that's the only thing holding it back and not the next four hours of discussion we're going to have yes. about it. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, while we've all produced comedy, we all know how mm-hmm. it works and doesn't work. And uh, no one with our skill set was involved in the making of this whatsoever. Yeah, nobody. They didn't ask Anybody who's ever seen a joke before, is this a joke? Like, is, have I done a joke? They're like, oh, no, that's not even, that's not close. Uh, I think what you're doing is having some sort of breakdown and uh, right. and abusing another human being. Yeah. Right. I feel like um, the way it was marketed, he marketed like it was a sham wow. Uh, you might even remember these commercials if you're old enough. Uh, in 1999, it was just everywhere on TV. 
Uh, it was marketed directly to the consumer, uh, like a, you know, monster ballads type of CD collection. Uh, it was never, never in theaters. I think it might've screened, uh, in one theater. Uh, it was reviewed six times. Um, let's see, I, I have some notes on how it did. Um, it did quite badly. Most people who reviewed the movie, uh, <laughs> I could have guessed what your notes said. <laughs> um, Oh Jesus. Uh, okay. So the, the, the saga that led to this movie was him basically having a bunch of money from infomercials and then spending half a million of it on this movie, which was a remake of a public access show that he did about 10 or 12 years before. Which is, um, that's the fucking craziest thing in the world. That's yeah. blew my mind. They saved yeah. that. They saved that realization to, in the movie. Yeah, we, we kind of have to jump to the end of the movie where it's just the credits over a song and they're doing like car surfing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's clips of like their old, like it's like SCTV or something like that. Like, right. like public access television cameras kind of style. And nothing looks different. It's like they shot it the second time. They this shot movie. it like the, all the sketches they cut to were the same. They, they shot some of the same like punchlines and the costumes and the actors and like, that's such it, a twist to end what? this movie with like, we thought this was a good enough idea that like 15 years later, we did it again because you didn't did it get again. it. They were so great. All of our ideas the first time were so great. God, it was amazing. I just, wow. I, that's the biggest twist I've seen in that a movie was, in a long yeah. time. That left me yeah. floored. Huge. He did mention at the end of the movie that this was for like the hardcore fans of his public access show. And of course, everything has it. fans, but I could not find a trace of it except for one guy who was in a sketch. Uh, I took a clip of the original public access show. I'd like to play it now. I'll talk you through uh, when it's next. Thanks for coming down, all right? By the way, did I mention I'm a member of SAG? Yeah, you did. And AFTRA. No, you didn't tell me that. That's great to know that. Very funny dialogue. Just great banter. I happen to catch, because I got a director's eye. Talent. It was a guy sweeping in the back. We want him. He's fantastic. Who is he? Where can I get a hold of him? You, you want the kid sweeping the floors in the background that you saw in the reflection of a spoon? Yeah, yeah. That's the guy. That's the guy we want. The guy in the back. Let's deal. I want him. Jeez, I don't remember a kid sweeping the floors. This is hilarious. This is a hilarious premise. Uh, hey, executed flawlessly by masters in a particular for the form. <laughs> Bill, can I call you right back? Great audio. Kid, we're gonna make you a star. So he puts a cigar in the guy's mouth, and oh, uh, that's the sketch. They went full on Rob Evans. I love it. They, yeah, oh, okay. Also, they get edit. They get editing. Like they get it. You know, they get, they, they, they get speed timing. and pacing. Yeah. Uh, so that's punchlines. They sure know how to, <laughs> how to land. Herb. How to take step two of a joke. Uh, mm-hmm. They sure know what that is. Just there's there's none. I feel like it's not true that there's none. There's like four punchlines on this movie and every one of them is an actual crime. Uh, right. But aside from committing uh, a possible hate crime, they have no idea what a punchline is. So sketches just kind of end like that. Okay, and well, we've... Up. We're like, yeah, you've got the setup, uh, and we'll <laughs> see you later. Uh-huh. 
they well, will I, often have multiple setups. Like, remember uh -huh. the Godmother sketch in this yeah. movie? Yeah. They start off by doing a bit where it's like, oh, it's Italian, and we can't understand what the the Godmother, who's like a parody of the Godfather, is saying, right? Like, right. And they just bail that's, on that. They and just that's, bail. That's it. That's the end of the sketch. And then they'll come they, back and be like, uh, maybe something... Maybe no, something a little bit different this time. Maybe and then they aborted just... fetuses. <laughs> and they just, yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's aborted fetuses. No, probably that, not. No, yeah, you're no, right. It turned not out not it. to be that. But we're going to leave it in the movie. Mm -hmm. You well, can okay, watch so... them take swings at it. It's incredible. <laughs> I mentioned that they got bad reviews, but uh, what we're kind of circling around is something that was ex uh, explained by a, a New York Times writer at the time when he, he said... Vince Offer makes the common mistake of equating the recognition of comic potential for comedy itself. For the successful, talent bridges the gap. But here, talent is absent, which is Ooh. just brutal. Ooh, because the fucking, news, the fucking newspaper had to explain the basic concept of jokes to the guy who made a feature fucking comedy movie. Jesus. Uh, that's yeah, I got nothing else uh, to say. That's it. That's, yeah, that's, that's yeah, what I would have told so this guy. savage. I yeah. love it. Like I miss when uh, reviewers and critics were just like vicious with their burns, <laughs> you yeah. know, like we don't get that shit that often. Anymore. I picture him having exactly what I have in front of me now, which is like 2000 words of hate notes <laughs> and then just like thinking about it for a long time and highlighting the whole thing and deleting it and then writing that mm -hmm. sentence and being like, <laughs> yep. Writing shit sandwich. <laughs> he probably sensed uh, like we all do that. This is just like a guy who really wants attention and how any mm -hmm. attention might be exactly what he wants. And then it's, then you have to like fine tune your criticism to be like, okay, when he, when he Googles his name and finds this, I want him to get his feelings hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that, and that becomes like the, the writing challenge. And what the, he wants and is prepared for is yeah. somebody to be mad about how offensive he is. And yes. he's ready for, he's ready to thrive on that. So what you have to do is right. point out that you don't understand and never in this entire exercise, did you ever come close to understanding or even evolve your own understanding of what, what a joke might be? Yes. Yeah. I, uh, okay. I go back and forth on that because to me, there's this little bit of catharsis that keeps creeping in where I'm like, I'm, he's doing it to himself, but I don't want to <laughs> wish ill on the guy because he's clearly sure. got some issues. Like there's that, um, the I hate LA song, right? Mm -hmm. He really puts the business on notice in that song, right? Yeah. Like nothing in the movie has a political statement, really. It's just like, what Agreed. if boobs or farts or violence, right? Sure. And he's usually obscene with it and offensive. Uh, but there's like a several line riff on acting and casting that he has in that song where he says like, I want to be famous Maybe I should go to acting class or maybe I should get a role on Baywatch if I kiss Hasselhoff's ass. I'll spread my asshole to get a reoccurring role. It's yeah. like clear that he has like a lot of pent up like issues with how Hollywood kind of, I guess, quote unquote works. And he's like sticking it to the man all of a sudden because you can tell yeah. it's raw that he didn't succeed. Like he yeah, wanted to be an actor. Super upset about it. But not enough. Yeah. To look up meter or how music works <laughs> no. either. So not I'm not, not gonna look up comedy, how comedy right. works, no, nope. or music and how music works. Just gonna, we're just gonna <laughs> I'm, go. I'm just I talented. Want to mention? Uh, I, I I think everyone sort of understands this, but like 
he's obviously trying to be offensive. Part of the marketing material is like, this is the most offensive yes. movie ever made. And I want to remind everyone that in 1999, being offensive wasn't the same as it is now. Uh, because back then, the moral, the oppressive moral majority was like Christian prudes who didn't want you to curse or show titties. So it was basically God nerds who you were trying to offend. So today, obviously, nobody cares about those people. So when you're trying to be offensive today, it doesn't work because everyone knows you're you know, trying to actually hurt people. But this guy, I want to say that his offensive stuff at this point tends to have no actual targets. There, are, there is some like just raw racism, but even that tends to side on the non-racism side it's just offensive in the way that like oh i'm gonna really piss off your grandma which comes across as like childlike and you know like a naughty kid not like uh politically motivated or smart or revolutionary or anything i think that's uh, mostly true but i do think uh two instances at least two instances uh it definitely hates women like outright 100 percent, definitely yes. hates women it, may, it might not hate gay people or black people or abortion or, or whatever else it wants to cover oh boy, definitely yeah. hates some women and uh probably committed some crimes against the homeless <laughs> oh yes. my god in order okay. to shoot this movie yes yes, yes. so yes there are two instances should, where it's we not should get into it. i i just wanted to sort of put that out at the start that like uh this guy was not I don't think he was intentionally trying to hurt people, but he was just a grotesque piece of shit. And by today's standard, just hate, real hate crime. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. Like bum fights hate crimes. Yes. Like, like these are not people to him. That, like mm -hmm. he does not think it of becomes very clear. a certain number of humans as, as actual people. Uh, he did. There was a lot of lawsuits involved in this movie. Uh, no. I saw this uh, at the tail end of the credits. He, uh, I, I wrote this down on my notes. Let me scroll down here. Um, word for word, he says, special acknowledgement to the writers of There's Something About Mary, which broke new ground in cinematic comedy. Please return my promotional, my promotional copy. copy of the underground comedy movie. Yeah, I wrote it all down, yeah. too. You got in 1997. You used enough of it already. So that he was claimed, special enough. You knew immediately. I have to record ooh. all of this because that's completely insane. Yes. He, he claims that the Farrelly brothers stole 14 of his bits for Something oh. About Mary. Uh, from a from a promotional copy of the movie from 1997, two years before this was ever released, and to a thud, like nobody fucking bought this or wanted it, and he uh, sued them, and he actually lost so hard that they made him pay the legal fees for the Fairley Brothers, so it cost him sixty six thousand uh, dollars. Also, I cannot imagine what he's talking about. Like, if getting cum in somebody's hair was central to a joke in something about Mary. Uh, but there's nothing like that in this movie. There's but several there people get drenched in semen, yes. but like none of them like style their hair with it. There's like and a so, certain type of untalented dipshit with nothing to say who is convinced that like they've invented everything they cover here. So yes, like farts. I did something with farts and all I really presented you with was farts, the sound of a fart. So any joke that is made about farts is ripping me off. And that's totally what this was like. He saw cum being used in that movie and was like, that's the first time I've seen yeah. cum in a mainstream comedy. <laughs> I'm the cum guy. I'm, I'm the, cum, the guy. cum guy. I invented cum. I'm, yeah. I, I'm Bill Cum. I invented it. <laughs> Bill Cum. I don't Can think he's right. Give me money. And no. the court agrees. Yes. Uh, he did win a lawsuit against Anna Nicole Smith, who saw the production and pulled out. And for context, this was around the same time she agreed to star in a reality show about her self-destruction after her mummy husband finally died. 
Someone <laughs> came, yeah, ran up to the camera and was like, can I just follow you around with this Bobby Trendy fellow while your fucking life self-destructs? And she's like, yes, but I'm not going to be in the underground comedy movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then, of course, uh, a lot of people know this. He sued the Church of Scientology. And in this story, I think he's the good guy. Yeah, but it's kind of a Kong versus Godzilla thing. And like, yeah, whoever you root for, we all lose. And really, the only correct thing to root for is the destruction of all parties and possibly yourself at the same time. Like two raccoons fighting in a dumpster. Yeah. You know, I'm (laughs) not sure if I'm a fan of either. But But you're also uh, they're fighting on top of you and you're getting rabies the entire time. So you kind of (laughs) like you want them to die, but also yourself maybe to die. They're just yes. just root for the bomb in that scenario. Just yeah, exactly. This is a, a perfect analogy. <laughs> what I'm so great. I'm so glad we came to that. Yeah. I mean he I, I do think this might explain used... why nothing ever went well for him again. I think the Scientology uh is not someone you'd like frivolously attack. Like they are full on Inspector Gadget villains. So like his fucking life fell apart. Uh from the moment he attacked Scientology, he, it, it was not going well. He had a couple of weird breakout <laughs> yeah, successes with yeah. ShamWow and and whatever some other product. Uh, but yeah, but obviously, God, he made this fucking nightmare movie. Now he used the profits from this, is is how I've always seen it put, to fight mm-hmm. Scientology, which I just like complicates this, the, the whole eight hundred dollars of it. <laughs> Yeah, nice. whatever this made, which God, I hope it's nothing. Uh, it better have been nothing. But he did market it on television, and God, in that era, yeah, uh, in well, attitude best... era, where they're, all they're doing is showing. I'm sure they all they did was show tits and like cum being thrown around. Mm-hmm. A lot of 14 to 20 year olds in the 2000s would have bought. There's... Yeah, it wasn't a non compelling commercial, but the only uh, sales stats I could find was that he sold 100,000 copies which doesn't feel like that could have covered the massive marketing cost of running ads for like five years straight. doesn't feel real. Yeah. It doesn't, I have no reason to think it's accurate. Like if you, if you say a hundred thousand copies, I I immediately assume you're lying. Like that, it very rarely lands on such a neat number. Like if you said 85,000 copies, that's more believable. You're rounding up from like 18,000 copies. It, it, to me, it feels low. To me, it feels like he should have been pulling in like semi girls gone wild numbers. Uh, and those yeah, guys like bought an island, yeah. you know. I mean, right? It looks so much like other things. Like um, it like feels like I mean, it, it's all sketches, right? So it feels like Kentucky mm-hmm. Fried Movie, and it's right. trying yeah, we to be a, about that. Ad, yeah, probably as, like, that's what we're gonna watch, right? And that's got its own like like that's its whole other deal. But it's also mm-hmm. like, I know what we were talking about, how he was uh, he was like accusatory of other people of stealing his ideas. I know I've seen the supermodels taking a dump sketch before done. By, yeah, it's pretty base fucking it's, level. It's Is as base as it tube? gets. I don't know. I feel know. like that was in the it's, boob tube, which was like a not not quite as good as Kentucky Fried movie. But it's also like smacks of... Um, not another team movie and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but like the caliber of the comedy. Right. And I don't really think doing... those are that. Do you guys remember Hardcore TV? It was a, I think it was an HBO yeah. show. Yeah. And, and it, it was very much this vibe. It just, it, like, it, hey, it definitely curse. feels, it feels like so many things that happened around then. You could see he was doing the like, 
I did this back in my my show, back in my mm-hmm. public access show, so I must have invented this. Right. Let me remind everybody. When and I don't uh, even know the structure of a basic joke. Like right. Who's, like the Batman and the Riddler thing. I, that, yeah. What a that disaster. Is, what a disaster. Uh, I guess it, uh, the movie opens with a thick Asian accent reading the definition of satire, which is not a great sign that the movie opens with this kind of defensiveness. It's like, oh, yeah. are we gonna? Are we offending you? We have a special shield called satire, fucker. It's the fastest uh, I've ever hated something. Like yes. three yeah. seconds in, and you open oh. the definition to satire, and I'm immediately just like, "Fuck you!" I I would have yeah. turned it off oh, right then. Over. And then he says, "Don't be offended, bitches." <laughs> Don't yes. be offended, bitches. And we have him doing a Chinese accent for. No reason. It does not no pay off. It's not uh, alluded it does to. Not. He does. He does give the Chinese definition for satire, but then it it's not tied in. It's not a punchline. It's just. It's right. just yeah. nothing. It's probably it's like not almost even... like an excuse to do a Chinese accent. Yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah, you're justifying the Chinese accent. You thought up the Chinese accent first. You know it's bad, dude. You know it. <laughs> just fucking 30 seconds in and this is this is such pure hate this is how i would how i would teach someone to hate like if yeah if if fucking et or something landed in my yard and i had to teach him about earth i would use this movie to teach him hate yeah you're like you're too nice et you're gonna get eaten alive out there let's teach you just a little bit of hate (laughs) it's like uh in a in the abyss like when the super advanced alien race is like looking at a movie of saying like is humanity defensible it's like <laughs> it had this movie up there along oh, with the atom bomb yeah. Ed Harris has, a, has a copy that he bought in his book yeah. they're like no 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 30 seconds in nope that was easy that was a free <laughs> one let's take the rest of the day off hitler is enough we don't need this too we really got to the hitler comparison fast and i don't disagree at all this is a hit this is the hitler of 9-11 vhs's well, Hitler's in uh, the movie, right? That's true. Just there briefly, a, and again, just a clip of Hitler. Not a joke. No punchline. Just a clip of Hitler, because there's sort of a framing device where they're flipping through channels, which is not explained or like used well, and so sometimes there's just footage, and one of the footages is Hitler. Yeah. Uh, there's also about, some like, like uh, African villagers and some uh-huh. atom bombs. Oh, like yeah. it's just like, yeah, all it's hilarious so- stuff. You guys ever think about the IMDb of Hitler? Because he's in a lot of movies, you know? Oh, shit, you're right. This is the most embarrassing one. This is the most embarrassing spot on Hitler's IMDb, for sure. I mean, surely he's burning in hell for a lot of things, but this is definitely the one they give him shit for. The one the devil is like, hey, it's the star of the underground comedy movie. (laughs) Fucking shut up. I did so much worse stuff. Uh, The fuck you did, Hitler. This is cringe. (laughs) <laughs> this some devil's like this is cringe. <laughs> All the demons watching it just oh god oh I gotta take a walk I gotta take a lap around hell. <laughs> Hitler cringe in hell. That's as bad as it gets. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so it opens with Vince Offer as like a hippie or something, and he's comes into a cave and he's shooting at rats with a handgun, and he's just it's he's such a bad performer like. If you're watching a high school pep rally, you'd recognize him as the kid who didn't do theater. Like, it's it's so bad. And it's just incomprehensible. Mar- Marilyn Monroe walks by overhead, and he's kind of got this 
this opening he can see through the street and she's just orgasming over the air vent. Mm-hmm. And then he gets really mad at her. And then he starts filming yeah. her panties and then it cuts to the credits. Yeah, there's and no he, premise. He turns on the uh, turns on the TV, which I think we're supposed to believe <sighs> yeah, is the that's, movie. That's the framework of the movie the is brain. that some sort of some sort of roadie uh, wanders into a cave to shoot rats and instead finds he can see up Marilyn Mon- Monroe's dress. And then he puts on a soundtrack of a train and a fan and then threatens her yeah. and then turns on a TV to watch it. That's I the bet framework. That's the first thing you want to open your movie with. And it's it's just nothing at all. I'm at, mad at myself for trying to explain it. I fucking made a mistake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are so sorry. The credits, it's like him with a bunch of bikers. And they're all like biking around and then it like pans out and they're on bicycles. And I rem- I said out loud by myself, I was like, wait, is that the whole thing? And it was. And it, it was. was dude. <laughs> at, fir- away, at first, that's the gag. At first, I thought it was a Tom uh, Robinson or Tim Robinson sketch. Right. Where you because gonna- it was like the motorcycle guys. Two and motorcycles like, glued together with a house on top? Okay. I was like. Yeah, and all these girls waving it. Like, I love that it's always the same shot as yes. well. That's like a few times I might put on my director hat because the 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 frame the framing like the way in which they shoot this movie is very clearly often they they knew they couldn't shoot the scene like together and like have like all right, you stand over there. You're not on camera right now, but you're mm-hmm. you're going to be feeding off the person who's on camera kind of thing. And we're going to make it a play like you shoot most movies. They didn't do that for this because they knew it was so embarrassing that it's just like, let's just get you waving at the camera. And then we'll right. splice in the quote unquote comedy later. And, and then the they see it later shoot, and they're just like, that's what I was fucking doing. It's like, oh, my God, I would have I would have sued you. I will sue you now. That's that's how that goes. It's <laughs> it's obscene. The, and you can tell within the first like seven minutes of the movie. Yeah. So it cuts from that to things you'll never see. Supermodels taking a dump. I'm, I'm trying to deliver it with the same comic timing. It's just and that's it, though. Gr- but mm-hmm. yeah, it's close. And then that's it. They, then these these two beautiful women are on the toilet and they're taking a crap and they're like, they're not great actresses. So they're like really forcing this poop, but they look like, like children and like, try to imagine that shoot, like get on the toilet. Okay. Do I have like noisy diarrhea near a cute boy? Do I get hit by a pie? What's the bit? What's the twist? And he's like, you're crapping the toilet action. (laughs) It's just, you would have to explain every one of these. Somebody involved in the sketch is going to be like, okay, where's this going? Yeah. Yeah. And you do this so many times to so many people. Just I, I, the audacity it takes. I, that's the movie I want to see. That's like a Soderbergh movie. Like just yeah. film the, <laughs> the behind just the film the behind this. the scenes of this. That's, that's a really good idea, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to watch that. Yeah, <laughs> I would watch this fucking Herzog journey. It's like, look at this fucking guy who believes this shit. That's really about the death of modern comedy. Yeah. Just well, uh, fourteen years after this, he did release like more footage from this. Uh, he made kind of a sequel with Rob Schneider and uh, Adrian Brody, Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, uh, I'm telling you right he... now, uh, we're not doing a sequel podcast. No. We're not watching no, we're that not. movie. Uh, I root for the bomb. I <laughs> yeah. I root for the raccoons and the atomic bomb to kill us all. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he did reuse a couple of the sketches again. So he, God damn it. He, 
Yeah. It was a How is this the only idea you had? <laughs> because when it's perfect, you don't make a change. There you go. <laughs> you don't it ain't broke. Oh uh, god, next is the the silly Batman uh where it's the rhymer uh and he just rhymes and he goes into rob a bank but derp they hadn't put up the full sign yet it's a sperm bank uh so he decides to rob the bank of the sperm and then he he just starts murdering people uh and instead of just, a punchline right I instead love, of a punchline i love the character too because like he at first asks like give me all your money and she's like this is a sperm bank we don't have any money to which he says suckering succotash, which is perfect. And right. then he's then he doubles down. He says, then give me all the sperm. Sure. Which is he, just he, he made some adjustments. Also yeah. didn't rhyme. So this is what we know about the rhymer is he's he goes with the flow during a robbery. <laughs> does not rhyme a lot. Uh, and the punchline is that he kills everybody like he goes and gets yeah. into several wacky scenarios with people where he, wacky he, is uh, a strong word. You see the potential for wackiness. I would not say that that they execute them in a wacky fashion, but he just executes them because that's that's the punchline to every bit. It's like I'm involved in this this setup to a punchline. Where are we going? I don't know. We're gonna shoot somebody. And if anyone's right. done improv, they know that every sketch should end with everyone shooting each other. Every improv themselves. coach says that. Yes. 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 Pull the gun. I think that's even in the office. <laughs> like it's such a cliche of improv classes it's, where the, yeah. the dumbest shitty guy there pulls the gun. They're like, stop pulling the gun. Uh, so Batman shows up and uh, the bit is over because Batman is a baseball Batman. And that's funny Ooh. enough to like end the bit on. But I do. There is a bright spot in this sketch. I know nobody else had anything nice to say, but there's an old lady here and mm. She comes out and the, the rhymer throws his briefcase into her grocery cart uh, and she immediately switches the fuck on and just starts screaming, ranting like a lunatic because I don't think she's a trained actress. I think this mm. is somebody's grandma that they put in the movie and she legitimately lost her mind. So anyway, I have a clip of her. Oh, God damn it. Oh, God. Can you take a couple of steps up here, please? Okay. I'm Batman. You're Batman. I wish the Christ didn't get the hell away from it. I hate baseball and it's for the young, goddamn young people and for the goddamn gays. I, I found it very, I seem to see so many gays in my life. God, I got sick on the right of me, on the left of me, all around me are gays. Oh, gee, I get sick of that. I don't know where the real man is hiding. You have to have a magnifying glass to look for them. <laughs> Ma'am, you're under arrest for robbery. No need for a take two. And you have the right to remain. <laughs> ah! Killed and then he bat. shit out of her with the bat. <laughs> yep, that's the punchline. God, that's what an observation. So weird. Baseball I, is for the young gays. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard it, that. And then it's like, they're just like, no, keep talking, deranged old woman. And she's like, yeah, 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 I can't find a real man. I need a magnifying glass. That's a joke. Ha ha ha. And they're like, well, fuck, where it's all gold. Keep it in. Yeah. And no. to their credit, they did cut two reaction shots from the Rhymer and Batman while this old lady ranted. And I was like, 
I'm enjoying this. Like it's, it's <laughs> grotesque and offensive, uh, but in a way where it's like, yeah, like this, this, I, I kind of, I'm enjoying watching this old person lose their mind. Um, <laughs> I like to watch old people angry at, uh, at minorities and, uh, and just yeah. yelling, yelling slurs. Yeah. Just getting some obscenities in there. Let's go. That's yeah. lots of free entertainment in the world for you. I want everyone listening to be clear. That is by far the best part of the movie. I don't <laughs> disagree. No, you know what? I do disagree. Mm. That's not the best part of the movie. It's the second best part of the movie for sure. Okay. Well, we'll get to your favorite, I guess, as yes. we get to it. Uh, next up here is uh, they do a bit where he beats up Hare Krishna's and I just... I don't think anyone even knows what a Hare Krishna is outside of the context of seeing them get beat up in airplane. So this is just yeah. a scene from airplane that they're yeah. recreating. Yes. Um, so I guess he owes airplane money. Um, for that joke. Yeah. And it ends with, for that, yeah, for that great joke. And, and it's delivered not quite as well as I'm describing it. Like how you're laughing at home. Like, oh, he beat up Hare Krishna's. That's outrageous. Hilarious. Catch your breath. And let me know, uh, let me assure you that it's not that funny in the movie. Uh, I love that he's with, willing to sue other other comedies for daring to have sperm in him, but he'll straight up steal an yes. entire actual skit from a better movie that everybody in the world knows. And like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It makes no sense at all. His logic would, is just he is he is the guy who's the hero. Right. That's all this is. I guess. But then he kills the old lady, like knocks her head off with a baseball bat. Uh, yeah, doesn't quite make sense. Yeah. Like, I think the joke is that he's mixed up and he thinks she stole all the sperm, but there's yeah. not enough storytelling to like give the viewer any reason to think he would know that or think that it's, I mean, just that, sees you played her entire introduction. So she wanders into them yes. and then says exactly what you just played. And that is the exposition for the sketches that, that confused yeah. old woman's rambling hate speech. And they're like, yeah, that explains it well enough. <laughs> That's all the set there's we a need. There's a line later where the Riddler says, I was the one doing all the causing all the trouble, uh, which is a great way to <laughs> signal like, you know, that's what we were doing for all the sketches earlier mm -hmm. was that we're doing a mistaken identity thing yeah. uh, where Batman like, thinks this old lady did all the crimes. But really, it was me, the rhymer. Yeah, Vince Offer, I speak dumb fuck. I know, buddy. I know. <laughs> I know what you're trying for this whole time. See, I uh, don't think I speak enough dumb fuck. I'm really confused <laughs> about what they're going for. Like, if maybe if I was more fluent in dumb fuck and, and sub dialect of dipshittery, I could have understood this. But I'm just, I'm just baffled at every at every turn. Yeah. Well, here, and the next one, I feel like, I feel like they explain themselves very well in the next sketch. It's a Baywatch spoof called Boob Watch. Nailed it. Uh -huh. They watch a kid die uh, because he's watching boobs instead. But it's not. The lifeguard, like lifeguard's really giving CPR. He's trying to save the kid, but the cameraman is that's watching kind of the funny. boobs. And it I'm like, yeah, that's that's like a a twist on my expectations, um, right? But it, it it also sort of demonstrates the lack of like comedy instincts by the people involved. That like nothing has a setup or a button, but there's sort of like the start of an idea. I guess right. this it is what the New York been, Times critics said. That's yeah, yeah. yeah it wouldn't have been a good potential. sketch if like the kid had died because he was watching boobs. But that would right. have been an observation. Like, yes. but to then twist right. it again and be like, no, the camera was watching boobs and that's why the kid died. But the lifeguard was there. So you're, it's nothing. And once again, you've successfully constructed 
just an obstacle course of of easy punchlines yes, and avoided right. every single one. Right. Yeah, you're just and, building nonsense. <laughs> like it's impressive at that point that you have avoided accidentally landing on a punchline that you're just fucking matrix dodging around punchlines this entire movie. Right. It 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 but it demonstrates that it really is the work of someone with just a terrible sense of humor because uh there's definitely parts of the movie that fail because of timing and performance, but this had professional actors and a, a you know a competent cameraman and it came out probably as well as it could. This is the fully realized vision of a very shitty idiot. And yeah. so when you see something like this, you're like, yeah, this isn't like a technical failure. Like this, this person thought this was perfect. I can't believe this cost him half a million dollars. Like this is, this has to be the worst use of half a million dollars in human history. Yeah. Like I've, there have been, desperate middle-aged men that have dropped half a million dollars on a supercar floated out of the dealership and then died in a brick wall a block down and that went better than this i mean it all went to michael clark duncan you know i don't think he was a star at the time i don't think he got paid a lot that's probably this is well no was it angelina when was when was green when was green mile Nah. I think it was after this. Okay. I thought it was before this, but his same year. It came out the same year. So No, they, that can't be filmed, his year. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine. They filmed this in ninety seven. Okay. Yeah, so okay. That was, <laughs> that was that was that's the weirdest I mean, he fucking did, year you've ever I had. I love the IDs. Like I'm get taking this role as gay virgin and John Coffee. And uh-huh. nineteen ninety nine <laughs> is gonna be my year. I'm really baby. gonna use one role to inform the other. Like my yeah. like, informed experience. They have a lot This of is who I, I am, you know. I found a story from uh, Bobby Lee from uh, from Mad TV. Uh, and he's in this as like Asian stereotype man. Yes. The less we say about it the better. But like he he was telling a story about he was doing a comedy show in San Diego and Vince Offer came to him afterwards and says, Hey, I need you to come down and be in this movie and he was super pumped he's like fucking yes this is happening i'm gonna be a star and he gave him 50 dollars for for a multiple day shoot overdubbed his entire voice uh and he had to actually sue to get taken out of it because like racist images of him were being like broadcast on tv like eight times a night every night on comedy central and he's like you've got to fucking take me out of that commercial so he he had to sue vince offer to remove him from the, That's the marketing blitz. As they cut all of his dialogue and substituted much worse racist dialogue. Yes. <laughs> Which is the And it was already it. racist to begin with. Everything yes. was racist. And it's like yeah, racism all the way down. He walked onto that set and there was just nothing but racist as far as he can see. And they're like, anyway, um, he got fifty dollars. That's what that's what he got. How absurd. did this cost half a million? Where did it go? I like you can't know. embezzle from yourself. Uh, I mean, maybe. I guess. Um, I mean, you can buy drugs. <laughs> <laughs> he probably did some of that. Uh, yeah, there is a famous story where Vince Offer got his tongue bit by a prostitute, and she wouldn't let go, and so he got in a fist fight with her, and they were both arrested. And there's like a mugshot of him where he—I do not think he won that fist fight. Uh, he is—he is looking rough in that mugshot. Anyway, that's just like the kind of happy story, uh, the happy backstory that Vince Offer uh, produces. Uh, the next, speaking of happy stories, the next fucking sketch is called Virgin Hunter, which looks like it's sort of a, like a hillbilly, like Rob Zombie murder fest thing. It's a POV of a murderer, but it turns out he just has a comb knife and yeah. he's like, uh, he, I, without exaggeration, it is mostly fart sounds, but this is the co-writer of the movie playing like a hillbilly character who's like, 
you're super pretty. And like, I, it is legitimately the least funny, uh, attempt at a like funny character in the movie. Yeah. Like both of them, because they, he also has a friend who's like naked. I think that's Vince offer. And he lives in the orchard. And the woman listening on, uh, she just doesn't, she just says nothing and react. Like they just have a reaction shot of basic, like, all right, just stare off yeah, to the left. Kind of she worried, was nowhere, nowhere near them. Would, would have was, run for no. sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, it's absolutely one of the worst performances and attempts to at comedy. Cause there's attempts in this that are like also like just offensive in so sure. many ways but this is actually just like you're just doing a weird character you're just doing a tom green character or something right but you and, didn't uh, put any thought into funny. it until they said action and then you're like oh shit what was i gonna do Jeez. Like you can uh, watch yeah. them fail to have it's watching somebody fail to have an idea in real time and they won't cut away you can feel uh-huh. them like pleading i'm done like i'm yeah surely that was is that five? That's five minutes I've been doing this. You can't keep this going. It's a sketch, right? It's a sketch. It has to end. This is I feel just. Like if everyone's on cocaine, it's your best friend. Like, I feel yeah. like it's got a momentum to it where you're like, dude, I think this is funny. I think we're having so much fun. I but yeah, as a as a as a comedy sketch, it's just a fucking disaster. It's, it's a wreck. It's it's uh, it's aimless and uh, the jokes repeat themselves like yeah. it's like they're doing improv and it's like they have one joke and they just keep coming back at it, which is that he, you know, makes fart sounds really he makes fart I sounds mean, with his mouth like and virgins very do. creepy. Um, that's, that's what a virgin does. He makes fart noises it, with his mouth and that's why he's a virgin is the is, that's con- the observation. That is the observation. And it does contain, however, uh, we're talking about like just the filmmaking of it. My favorite joke in the movie, which was not a joke. And I don't think it even was intentional. And it just made it in the movie, which is I need to know what the director was thinking. There's a moment where the camera, which is which has just been in like a single shot the entire time, like the, the sketch operates the following editorial premise shot of woman listening to shot of man. Um and it bounces back and forth, and that's your two-minute sketch. There's at one point the camera that is, I, I believe it's all handheld still, uh, is focused on the Bill character, and then it pans over <laughs> to like trees, like because they're an orchard, right. and then pans back, and I'm like, wait, is this supposed to be like point of like POV? Is this a documentary? <laughs> like, why did the cameraman whip away from the shot? It's like they stopped realizing they were in the movie, the cinematographer and decided to just like give up. And it's one of the greatest moments in the You movie. could see him do what I did, which is try to get up and just yes. walk it off. He's like, I got to go take a lap. You guys are just real quick. Oh, fuck. I'm actually the cameraman for this. I have to, I've got to get paid. <laughs> got to get that 50 bucks. It's just your, your pure comedy instincts want you to walk away from this. Just get away yes. from this, drop it and leave. So this it's goes amazing. on for fucking ever. And then they get back to some more Batman stuff because the Batman story is like I gold. couldn't believe they were returning Why? to sketches. The granny, when the, the, the granny first time they her... cut back, it was incredible. It was, yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was a horror reveal. When they cut back and there's more Batman, I was like, gasp! It was <laughs> genuinely shocking. I went, what the fuck? You can't be fucking serious. Again? Again? <laughs> so the granny has her head back on and uh, Batman comes back and he pulls a dildo out of his pants and beats her with it. 
And I feel like that they were so proud of that idea that the rest of it was just built around getting there. Cause like there's all the dialogue leading up to that is just yada, yada, just like, uh, here's a thing to say. Here's a non-reaction to that. Like nothing happens until this dildo. And then he beats her. And then it starts in on some story, like where Reimer and the Batman are brothers. And then they start really playing baseball. I guess, but then I, I don't, it's so fucking stupid, but there's, they feel like they've told a story. Like, Batman hits a ball into the Reimer's mouth Mm -hmm. and then they have an argument whether he was really out. And then the grandma kills him, kills Batman. Because again, killing somebody. Full circle. We close that loop. Hilarious. Hilarious punch. There is an actual joke in this. I found it. I realized looking back and there's a joke uh, when after the dildo cane fight. Okay. in the house but but uh was this before Ryan... or after we cut to him uh trying to molest his ex-girlfriend uh, that was, that was i like... believe after okay because it's uh it's it's after the dildo is just there and there's that small fight and then the rhymer or the riddler or whatever goes where does he get those wonderful toys right uh, which is batman okay. reference and it's sure. a dildo reference so they actually yeah, put it together and made a reference to the source material. That's a joke, right? I don't yeah, technically, disagree. Technically, you're it's right. a joke. No, you're right. Not a funny joke. It's just a joke. It went just, there's so little joy left in me in general. That uh, <laughs> that you can't even give them one. Yeah, I, I just, I didn't mm-hmm. notice it at the time. Like, I, you're right <laughs> saying it now, but I, that would have been, like that would have been in my notes. If I had recognized it, I would have said, holy shit, a joke. Holy I think shit. a brilliant actor could have timed the delivery of toys. Oh yeah, it's bad. To indicate it's a pun, and even then, it's still bad. But you know, whatever. But it's something. It's fucking laffy taffy caliber. But it's it's technically oh, yeah. it's there. It's fucking bazooka Joe shit, you know. But like, I think that he might be surprised to find out that he made a pun. I feel like that was probably just a line from a movie. Yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe that's it. it. I just don't want to give him credit for anything, seeing his failures in so many other spots. Anyway, they cut from that to Hitler. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, then it says, things you'll never see, which again, what a framing device. How funny this this framing device is. Mm -hmm. A big, black, bald, gay virgin. And it's Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. I I honestly have no idea why. I guess it's just because Michael Clark Duncan is so like sexually desirable like it would be ridiculous to think he just doesn't fuck all the time mm-hmm. uh and so anyway it's ant uh who is actually a pretty famous actor uh and he is very aggressive trying to fuck michael clark duncan and he is trying to save himself for the right man uh it's way less offensive than you're picturing but it's also just it's Strange. baffling. It's totally baffling. My notes at the end of it were just like, have somebody explain what the premise was. What was this premise? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, like, I can't. Ant was trying to bang him and he's like, no, I'm a virgin. And he's like, fucking let me put my dick in you. And he's like, no. And he like picks up Ant and like, that's not simplification. A... That's the actual dialogue. Yeah, that's, that's those are the, the notes. It's, he it's says, shot like a curb no. enthusiasm. Like they have story beats they have to get too and all, everything else is improv mm-hmm. and uh shot like kirby enthusiasm and i mean that in the most respectful way <laughs> this movie is exactly like exactly the hit show like. kirby enthusiasm uh it's, yeah the talent on display here yeah amazing. amazing it is a pretty pretty big shift from the rest of the movie though where these guys are 
clearly telling a story and, and playing off of each other's energy and lines. Uh, like it, there's a huge difference between Ant and Michael Clark Duncan and like Vince Offer and his fucking high school buddies for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. They have the, the most chemistry there, but it's clear they don't understand why they're doing this sketch either. Nobody, nobody there has like an end goal to this. They're just like, ah, uh, so, so my character is, I don't want to fuck your character is you do want to fuck. We're not going to puzzle this one out today. <laughs> let's just go right and i think there might have been something funny to them because ant is a very small and effeminate man and michael clark duncan is like this gigantic dude what if he didn't want to fuck though yeah Mm -hmm. i guess he would just is the joke that all black men are whores that all big men are whores what is it what is the premise i feel like this might just be as something as simple as like your expectations would be this big black guy is going to sexually assault the little guy, like, like in your prison, like in a prison joke from 1985. And they reverse it. They flipped it. So it's the Looney Tunes with the little dog and the big dog where the little dog is the boss. Yes. That's what, that's what this is. But with unwanted sexual aggression, (laughs) but Uh, they're trying to fuck each other. So the, it's the Looney Tunes with the little dog and the big dog, but the little dog is the boss and they're trying to fuck each other, but one of them doesn't want to fuck. Okay. I got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a really well, it. it's a good way to explain it. Like, Welcome uh, to comedy. So The Godmother <laughs> is next, which we mentioned briefly, uh, starring uh, Joey Botafuco. Great person to cast in your comedy movie. Uh, so Vince Offer plays like an Italian guy and he wants the Godmother to get into abortion wholesaling. He wants to replace the beef in the sauce with fetuses to save money. Now, see, this is a great example of offensive without the comedy. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what is the joke here if, it's not someone getting upset because like, how dare you defy the sanctity of fetusless spaghetti sauce or whatever the fuck you're upset about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I like to think I'm as against eating human babies as most people. Uh, definitely more than Robert who has many times said he would do it on a dare for a contest, a volunteer taste test. He gave me I've a list of 41 said, ways he would be okay with it. I would only, I've only ever said for profit. I've only ever said <laughs> if we can figure out a way to do it for profit. But it doesn't need to be much profit. Like we can, we're talking a few you know, profit, dimes yeah, here. He's not gonna, you're, unless you're making profit, then it's just a matter of scale. That's true. <laughs> I've heard people say that about fetuses. That was me. I said that. <laughs> I guess my point was that as a comedy writer, there needs to be like a funny reason for them to do this terrible thing. Just revealing there's human in the sauce is a dull horror twist. And it's a fucking disappointing, confusing comedy twist. I, and that's, but I it's not a twist. Know. That's the premise. They start right. with, it's, yeah, they start the with the twist. Premise. You're that's right. the premise. It's the um, first thing anybody says. And then they spend, I don't know, an hour and a half. It feels like it really trying, is an hour and a half. trying to make a joke about it and they don't succeed. <laughs> Another it's, one of my Which favorite. is the crazy part. Cause I, I feel like the joke could be like making a pros and cons list of human baby sauce until like a few of the dumb mob enforcers think it's a good idea. Like an always sunny type of scene. And uh, right. I mean, it's not anything yet, but right. You can, uh, we can sit here and like make a joke in any direction. <laughs> just it's right. not a good joke, but you can make a joke in any direction. <laughs> just, I love the, the, at the end of this sketch, there's a, cause you get the assumption that they're playing off the Godfather and it's like, all right, we, uh, the Godmother has a lot of, um, a lot of like things set up, a lot of meetings, another business opportunity right after this one. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, she, uh, puts her hand on her forehead and says, okay, what's the next one? 
and then it cuts to the next sketch and i thought she was talking about the movie like she's so <laughs> like can we fucking can we Good fucking end fucking. this can we so end good. this uh it's so so true. good uh hey speaking of uh, uh that's that's an hour that's an hour of podcast and that's all i owe you so i'm gonna hang up <laughs> Got him. i'm oh. legitimately mad at you for making me watch this like this this yeah. makes us even for anime week like we're hey. we're good after anime I'm not week. sure this is, that's true no this is worth exactly one dog fucking anime and that was okay. that was a okay, half an great. hour that was a half an hour sir Robert, you work here. Imagine you're a guest on this episode. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Abe, we would like to have you back for a good one. Maybe hey. uh, maybe we, we maybe. Need to talk about Kentucky Fried Movie. Yeah, <laughs> as, as an apology <laughs> specifically for this, we can talk about how Kentucky Fried Movie is not this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Love it. Love sketch movies. My so, favorite. I, they, yeah. Love people who can stretch the sketch comedy to an hour and a half. <laughs> I feel like we would all really enjoy Kentucky Fried Movie still. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's few, after this, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, after this, 100%. That's the so, perfect okay, thing. They have like a long cookie argument. I don't think we should talk about it. it no. It, it's uh, uh, then they Then they cut to like... Uh, Another take from the gay black virgin. That's my shot. favorite. Like, just another take. The exact same premise. They they don't know each other. This is not an extension. It's just take it from the top. Improv it all again. It's so fucking they weird They use and the awkward. same lines again. They don't it's even improv it all again. They, that's no. true. They and they do s- that at, twice in the movie because they yeah. also do it with the virgin hunter too. Like it, that is the insane decision the, the brain trust of this movie really revealing itself is that they don't give a fuck. They're they, like, it's yeah, funny. They didn't and have enough time. Yeah. And they was, reshot all their old sketches. It was such a journey to realize like, wait a minute, this is just take two. Wait a minute. They're just, putting, <laughs> yeah. they're just putting take two of this in here. And then wait, holy shit. They did takes. They yes. did takes yes, of this, these. Did this was another horror reveal. This was like when Batman came yeah. back. I gasped. Yeah, it just and, the, and then you go. The actors didn't know about any of this. They didn't think they thought it was going to be one take and it was going to be bad. They didn't realize it was going to be twice. Could you imagine trying to explain to this guy how, like, oh no, you shouldn't put the second take of the same scene in the movie, and him saying why it's funny? Like, first of all, a it's that, not, but b there's a reason you don't fucking put the second take of the movie in it uh, takes me out of it in a weird way we, where i think about the movie being made <laughs> like you you don't tell the same joke back to back and, and change like one word in it and then just to the same audience because they know because they know the joke was there because they've been here it was just minutes yeah. ago my good like, friend what are you What's going on in your brain right now? Just start listening to your thoughts. <laughs> Just hold his hand and explain. Because that's not how jokes work. Come here, sit down. Take it. You need a rest. Uh, my buddy PJ directed the sequel to The Lost Boys. And if you watch the end of The Lost Boys, he has a scene where um, Corey Haim is just stinking up the place. Like he just is fucking trying to deliver this monologue and blowing it all to fucking hell. Because he like was on heroin. And I remember falling that. Apart. And then they did it. And on the DVD extras, they play the same scene, the second take, and it's super bad in like a different direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I came up to him afterwards. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Why did you put that in? Was that just so like no one would ever work with Corey Haim again? He's like, 
Absolutely. That's fucking exactly why I put that <laughs> in there. <laughs> it's like, I'm burning this bridge. Yeah. Well, Corey Haim, like, I think they were filming a reality show at the same time. And there's a shot on the reality show of him, like, screaming for Corey to get out of the fucking trailer. Because he just went in there to shoot up heroin and just didn't come out for the whole day. And, uh, yeah. So he, he was a disaster. But uh, I'm saying, like, putting that in your movie is, like, almost aggressively mean to the performers. Like it's, it's yes. toxic to that scene. Like it, it retroactively ruins anything you enjoyed from the first take, seeing them like fucking work through it. It's so if bad. They, if you did enjoy the first scene, right. <laughs> which, which is, which is again, preposterous. <laughs> and, and the idea yeah. that you would have to explain to that to somebody like, don't, don't show them the second take. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, uh, that's many how times he knows through this, I've been, it's I just have the note. Baby. How yeah. would I explain, how would I even begin to explain how this is wrong? Like, it's wrong on such a basic level. It's like, <laughs> it breaks me. It's trying to explain math to somebody, like the very right. premise of math. You're like, okay, I know it. But like, if you don't know it at all, like if you've just emerged from the wilderness and the wolves didn't teach you math, <laughs> which I, I think they probably would have taught you some basic math, knowing wolves. I just, sure. I, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like I, you would have to backtrack mentally all the way to the beginning to be like, well, I guess it's sort of a subversion of expectations sometimes is, is like why, why laughter is first. Let's start uh -huh. with the sound laughter makes. You've probably never heard that. <laughs> uh, speaking of laughter, here's a great bit. They, they go to, uh, they cut to Rabbi Rabinowitz's bed and he's, uh, Jewish, and so he finds pineapple no. in his bed. Yeah, the yeah no, he is. Uh, <laughs> we're back in a godmother bit. Yeah, uh, and now here, Vince Offer has some rhetorical authority because he is an Israeli American. So I think he's he's allowed to like play around in the the anti-Semitic joke area. And so anyway, uh, there's a ham in his bed, and uh, he's kosher uh, Jewish man, so he can't have ham. Uh, so this so is it's like, as worse as a horse head. It's like yes. a horse head if you were a rabbi. He which screams is, in uh, terror uh, of it, which is, of course, not how any of that works. But that doesn't matter. That was actually but, a pretty good rendition of the Godfather. Like he's like mm -hmm. it's la he laughably s screams that long in that movie, and they actually did a good parody. To be honest yeah. with you, it cuts to like the outside it. of the mansion at the right time and everything. It's, it's like they studied that one scene in the whole movie. Very weird. And uh, it cuts from that to Dick Man. And I think Dick Man might be, <laughs> Man. I think Dick Man might be the clumsiest childlike attempt at being funny. Uh, like it's, it's exactly what you think. It's a superhero, like a Superman superhero uh, with a dick for a head. And he like squirts, you know, dick juice at his head. Uh, See, he this was my lesbians. favorite sketch. I think this okay, was I'm, the best this sketch. Is, I was this thinking is this is the memorable. one you're going to love. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is really embarrassing. Like this is porno 70s porno movie stuff. Like our grandparents sat through gags like this super grumpy while they waited to masturbate again. Like it's fucking <laughs> garbage. Uh, Just to add it, challenge to a public masturbation. <laughs> like, right. ah, keep it up through this. You old bastards. It's like uh, orgasmo, but like with no wit. Just and no no second wit draft. whatsoever. Just no, no actual thing that lets it stand. And you again, mentioned no premise. Though, it's just a man that that's a dick. Like that's he's the fighting the lesbian community. Right. You see, right? Because lesbians are horrible. 
because they don't like dick, I think is the premise. Right. But he's such a big dick that some of them can't resist it. They're like, right. oh, yes. because that's that's why they're lesbians is they haven't met the biggest dick yet. And so and, once they uh, do, he show his origin story. But they, the lesbians have their own evil supervillains, uh, the vertical smile, who's just basically vagina woman. And they wait, Lorena Bobbitt. Hell and they yeah. really hang on that reveal. They really Damn. let you fucking gather yourself. And what's and the punchline for all this? It's oh, um, he, he, he jizzes on everybody. He comes he, on. He blasts, the, he blasts them with semen. That's everybody. kind of the punchline for every single scene for the rest of the film. Yes. They figured that out. You can watch them figure that out and be like, fuck, that's it. Oh, that is, is perfect. You forgot a very crucial part of the uh, Dickman canon, which is oh. that when a hot lady shows her boobs nearby, Dickman feels it in his balls. Right. And if you take yeah. it off, he will come. Yeah, and that's yes. what they say. <laughs> they, yes. they, uh, feel the dreams reference. Feel the dreams. Very apt for this sketch. Yeah, um, there's just there's a style of comedy and it's, it really peaked in the early 2000s and late 90s where mm-hmm. you could see the comedians come to the understanding that like, ah, this isn't going to do it. You know, we don't we don't have it. Uh, so what can we bring that's going to bring people anyway? And the answer was always tits. It was always, well, mm-hmm. maybe we put some tits in. And so here's where they actually I think this was the first time they put actual tits in. And just like, just like come as a punchline, that's all they do for the rest of the movie. They're like, okay, yeah. okay, we don't have this, but if we put enough tits in here and we keep throwing buckets of cum on the homeless, we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, things you'll never see, a beautiful girl dating an older man who's poor. Oh, God. What, what a premise. Where does this go? This is uh, fucking awesome. Nowhere. They, they're in a thrift <laughs> store and he wants to buy her a dress with his pension. Uh, okay, so it's actually cut. a genuine scene, too. Like, if you just yeah. took the comedy out of it and the setup, it's just a woman and an old man having a yeah. wonderful, beautiful conversation. That's yeah, all. it's just the, the absurdity to this guy is that they have a relationship that's, like, not built around, like, sexual predation. Like, why would... Why would a woman want a man who's not Michael Clark Duncan? Absurd. Um, so the next one is City of Watts Public Access presents What's Up Talk Show. Uh, oh, so oh Vince God, does come in this. in hair rollers and blackface. Yeah, you knew. Uh, you knew. Yeah. Come on, you, you knew. knew. It's coming. You knew there'd be blackface. Uh, his black guy voice is uh, like when he tries to code switch to, uh, I guess, what we called Ebonics at the time. It was just Vanilla Ice. Like exactly the way Vanilla Ice talked when he's on a talk show. Uh, anyway, uh, before the show goes anywhere, he sits down to interview a KKK guy in a full robe and just shoots him in the head and then puts a grenade in his dead mouth and explodes his head. Uh, and he thought, I, you could tell, he thought, yes. this is going to get me points from the black community. Yes, yes. he did. You did he not factor in the blackface to it at all. You were just like, dude, going to get some points. Yeah. Vince Offer, woke as fuck, dude. I'm on, he see? really thinks he solved racism. Why haven't you killed the racists yet? Jesus, I've, I've figured it out on my comedy movie. I put, uh, I, in my notes, I wrote, honestly reflecting, I'm amazed it took this long for the blackface. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually some restraint based on this movie. Yeah. And it wasn't aggressive. Like it was, it wasn't like shoe polish black. It was, it was like, I was like, is he, does he have blackface on? Yeah, it was Steven like Seagal I, blackface. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it, 
a deep tan almost like a, a, a soul man black the ca- face, the coward's black Thomas face. Howell black we, face. we call right. it like the kind of blackface design so that you could say no i just got a really it's unfortunate timing that i got such a bad sunburn and it turned into right. a tan right then I can't believe right. you th- you thought that. Oh, I see it. I see it though. That's funny. It's funny. The cartoon you old lady hair rollers. That I can't explain. <laughs> I don't. The accent. That reference. Certainly. Let's move Unleashed. to one that's like a really fun one. The Miss American Bag Lady Pageant, starring Slash. The, this uh, was so hard to watch. This yeah, is this is this took me like probably unreal. an hour. And I say that after the blackface. <laughs> and yeah, that comes out. This is way worse than the blackface. Yes. So this is a beauty contest for homeless old women, and they do not hire actresses. These are clearly unhoused people who they're treating like animals. Like uh, absolute animals. Yes. And it's hosted by Slash from Guns N' Roses and uh, I can't remember the woman's name, Rebecca something. I love uh, I love Slash's performance here because he's really bad at playing drunk, but he's also right. very drunk. I, isn't yeah. that strange? I think that's what it, that that's the confusion for me is I was like, what is he doing? And is like he's, he he keeps uh, coming on to the 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 woman who's like his co-host, and I'm like, yeah. this doesn't feel planned. Uh, and it's just I like, looked her up to see if they ever dated because he has his mouth on her mouth a lot, and she does yeah. not like it. She no. does not visibly like it. does not like it. So did they date? No, no. no he was uh, yeah. sexually assaulting his uh, acting partner, who act, who acted through it for this. <laughs> yes, she is for this movie. Too professional, more professional than this premise <laughs> should have. Uh, oh God, this was so. So, so much psychic damage watching this. Like it, it legitimately feels uh, more sadistic than almost anything I've seen in a feature film. Like it's, like I, it's pretty sadistic, but then they really escalate it at one point by having one of the homeless women just for no reason, not out of sketch, just walk through like a bunch of rubble with like sharp debris in it. And yes. she takes kind of a bad fall onto like yeah. some rebar. And then it is not clear if she is okay. So like th- that's an that's an actual crime. Like it's certainly yeah. a labor violation, uh, but I'm pretty sure that's actually yeah, if, abuse too. If they paid Bobby Lee fifty bucks, there's no way they paid these homeless people. Anything no, they showed you like, what they paid them. Where he ran by with cheap uh, yeah. bottles of whiskey, opening yeah, like opening sleeping bags and dragging homeless out. And some of them were just like, "No, fuck you!" And he uh, he hit one. He slapped one full in the face. And I do not believe. That was, uh, yeah, I don't uh, believe that was a sketch. It, uh, it ends with a fully mentally ill woman running out in a swimsuit where like, uh, like she doesn't know where she is. Uh, and it's by far the longest bit in the movie that goes on for what feels like, uh, it must be 15 minutes. I also think uh, before that, the final contestant is disqualified for spreading AIDS to the judges and then they cut to uh, the some of the homeless people having a three-way that i do also believe was actual on a filthy mattress in a corner of like yeah. an abandoned park or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is getting real right. dark, but like, this is just what they did. They, they just herded a bunch of LA homeless people together and <clears throat> humiliated them crimes. and committed crimes and made them pretend and, to eat a dead cat, an actual dead cat. Yeah. And then cut mm-hmm. to some stock footage. What I hope is stock footage, but it's probably footage they just shot of, of sick and wounded dogs. Uh, 
slowly dying. With mange, yeah. 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 Well, See, okay. satire. Okay. Remember satire, though? Remember uh, the definition of satire? <laughs> yeah, you can't yes. get mad, though. See, this, this is where I come around a little bit, because I think, I think to effectively counter joy this hard, you have to understand what it is, right? I don't think it's you could, like, uh, this, this aggressively destroy, like, mirth and happiness without understanding what that is, or at least feels like. So it changes it for me to, like, surely you have heard the sound of human laughter and uh, know that it is good to present this as a way to destroy that retroactively throughout time. Right. Yeah. It makes me not want to be a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> well, this next into part, the void. Uh, this next part is maybe as bad in uh, just different avenues. So they, they, they cut to a psychologist talking to a woman. This who's, is unreal. Yeah. Uh, and it's, she's like a sexual assault victim, very much like a Harvey Weinstein story where she goes to an audition and he keeps trying to take off her clothes and the therapist says nothing. He just does. He's like, uh-huh listening. And she, there's no joke. There's like aggressively no joke. Like this is a terrible story. And she just keeps repeating herself and repeating herself saying in different ways, almost in a confusing way where you're like, are we, did they edit together all the takes of this? Mm-hmm. And then, on the other hand, they have Flirty Harry, who's Dirty Harry, but uh, get this, gay. it's intercut. It's intercut. Yes, but he's very gay, but not like in a com- a coherent way. Like he's got like a old lady, like little house on the prairie dress on, on the bottom half of himself, and he, God, I don't. Even, it's not what you're picturing. It's just Dirty Harry, but like yeah, he's got a cop suit, top half, old lady dress, gay. bottom half. And his tagline, or like he says, like, he's not only tough, he's gay, which is a great dichotomy to set up straight out of the gate. That's the narration. And why did we do all of this? What, what makes this all worth it? That, that, that punchline that we go out on. Uh, I'm going to make some, I'm not doing it. Somebody else has to do it. Is there a punchline at the end of this? I'll say it. Yeah. (laughs) He says, go ahead. Make me gay. Instead of make my day. Which is comedy because it rhymes. That's we it. learned that from That's the fucking it. sketch. That's why we did that. That's why we That's, did that whole sketch. Yeah. There's no jokes wanna, up to that point. Yeah. I want to be clear that it cuts between those two ideas, the therapist and the, the gay, dirty Harry. And the therapist never says anything. There's never a joke. Eventually, the therapist eats an apple. And I feel like that's the joke is that instead of like helping her or having any insight, he just eats an apple. Well, she's we don't telling know why. Yeah, like, don't know why. If he's weird. Like, yep. what's he also eats it weird? It's also, uh, yeah, like, it's a little weird. He eats uh, it like sloppily, and you're, it's not like sexual. I think it's just right. like he's weird. I think because he's it. a bigger guy, and this, this was, you know, the 90s, I think the joke is really just that fat people like food. That I, could be it. it I think be. that's the joke they went to, and it's so why crazy apple? to me. An apple's a healthy food choice because that's funny that he even would even eat like a, a, a healthy food i don't know i don't it's, i can't fucking backwards it, engineer madness out of no. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest i sort of like the idea of a super horny gay dirty harry because dirty harry is already just barely not ridiculous uh like sledgehammer <clears throat> if you remember sledgehammer that that show was based entirely around that show's creator not being able to take dirty harry seriously 
And so I think if you took that performative paper thin manliness and you added a bunch of feminine characteristics, like um, this is just workshop. Let's say his husband was say his husband was the blowjob king of LA and he died. And so mm-hmm. he's dirty hair and he's just got this explosive <laughs> sexual energy inside him that he hasn't let out in years. And it's starting to affect his work and he hates himself for it, but he misses the only man he's ever loved. And he's taking it out on crime. And like, um, I think I'm writing a real show, not a comedy bit, but like, mm-hmm. I like this character. I read The Rawhide Kid back, uh, came out around the same time as this movie. Uh, it's called Slap Leather. And it was about the Rawhide Kid being like a super camp gay guy. But in this, like, but he was also like a rootin' tootin' gunfighter. And no one understood him because he was an old West man. So he was su- super camp gay and they just thought he was weird. He's like, this dude is acting funny. And so like, it was kind of funny that he was kicking everybody's ass, but like nobody understood his actual gay character. Uh, so- I'll be honest. I don't love it. Can we cut back to a woman <laughs> describing a sexual assault over and over again to yes. no culmination? Yeah. To, to, right. that, they just leave it there. Now I'm on they board. Just leave it. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just saying when I saw Gay Dirty Harry, I thought, uh, handled well, this this could be kind of funny because Dirty Harry is... there's something there, you know, because Dirty Harry is such a masculine... You invented a premise out of, like, the the pieces they brought you. (laughs) The, like, brought you... I just can't help it. Like, just the way my brain works. I've been brought on to so many bad projects where where I get, like, these snippets of terrible ideas from untalented people. And I think, like, is it possible to turn this into something? So when I see something that this movie does, uh, generally my instinct is no. Like if you showed me the script to this movie and said, can you punch this up? I'd say, nope, nope. Throw this away. Throw this in the trash. You can't fix it. You're finding but, just wet puzzle pieces in a sewer. And <laughs> yes. you're like, oh, this could be a pair. Like, uh, it could be like maybe. Uh, anyway. Uh, they do another Virgin Hunter. I got to take a walk from my notes. I got to take a walk away from my notes. Yeah, I've just never seen anything. I can't believe they did it. It's just exactly the same. It's just other same another take. Uh, And then here's the one that they actually remade when they remade the movie, the Porno Review. And it is three guys. One of them is uh, a legitimate homeless man, Uh, and then the other one is Vince Offer, and the other one is uh, must be a childhood friend who cannot act. And, and will not try. Refuse. Will not try. His characters all over the place. Uh, this is a review of porno movies, like you might imagine. But they only review three movies. Uh, should we talk about these or just? Uh... Let's talk about the premise. So, so the premise is okay. that they. The premise is very simple, and it's that they review porno movies by dubbing over the lines. So, like they just have the ridiculous parts of a porno movie. And then as comedians, they have to like come up with the lines that they're saying in between or possibly during the sex, which is okay. kind of an okay improv exercise for the nineties. Like that, just sure. that baseline of like the comedians come in and overdub the porn and the ridiculous parts with the lines. But the overdub is stuff they already shot. Like exactly. they, this is not, that's yeah. I like so I know what you're saying, but it's like they didn't even do that. Right. You know? They took that, which is just real base level shit. Real real even for the time, really base level fucking sub MST three K sketches. Right. And then they were like, but oh, well, how do we make sure it's funny? Because I'm not funny. 
What if, (laughs) what if we actually construct and film the stuff we dub over? And like, then it's nothing. Then you have once again arrived back to nothing. You have added enough in here that it has become an absence. This is also in the section somewhere between Donna of the Dead and Sperm Lake. I uh, I almost shut it off. Uh, <laughs> I know I have it, to be on your podcast, but it's it, not worth it. It, it, it <laughs> infuriated me because it meant that it got me that like that me and edge like they're so edgy that normies like me fucking got wrecked during their yep. movie, you know, and <laughs> that infuriated Normie. me. Yeah, so the first one was a very racist, like Asian thing where That's Bobby Lee Bobby. comes in. Yeah. yeah, and he's like in a diaper and he's gonna have sex with this woman, and it's just kind of a mix of kung fu movie and like like eighties Japanese stereotypes. It's just yeah, and, and so it's he's all doing overdub, the funny like physical movie. stuff, but then they agree his voice. It's yeah, just... he's like giving it all. He's like yeah, they're like do some funny kung fu moves, and that's the only thing they told him clearly. But he kind of is moving around funny like it's like wait okay but then i can see why yeah then they cut everything from that and insert not funny over it yes and then it cuts back and like one corner of yours just like like vince offers just like derp derp saying just nonsense to fill the time and the other guy was trying to do like a like a very educated film critic style thing and i think the joke was like oh he's gonna be this sophisticated like academic but like they don't know how to talk smart, so it's just yeah. fucking nonsense. Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's and then perfect. they do a necrophiliac thing, uh, and it's it, it's a real problem. It goes on a long time, it's so long, and, and it stars Arnold Swollenpecker, who's yeah, a which is uh, which is I feel 30, 30 years too old as far as like a punchline. Uh, yeah. Anyway, like. So they had any, they could do anything. They're like, hey, let's review porno movies. This could be funny. What are your ideas? Well, racism and fucking dead bodies. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> then no, no judgment. Uh, what's, the, what's the observation we're going to make? Where are we going? Oh, oh you just. There, there's no observation. They're just going to have relationships with this dead body. Like, okay. like okay. there's open wounds on these old dead bodies. It's, it's grotesque, it's, it's disgusting. But surely, I mean, this being a comedy movie, we're not just going to at one point watch the entire scene break down and somebody just starts fucking the old woman playing the dead body. Surely that's no, let's not please, Let's please do exactly that. I don't know. Uh, if, if you added the right music to this, setup. it would be the video that Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey found in True Detective. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is like found in an old cabin yeah, this evidence is, for a murder. This is eight millimeter shit. This is... Yeah. Uh, this is what's in the God, safe. It's so long. It's so long. It's longer than the the homeless lady beauty pageant. It just keeps they, going. You know why? Because they the guy who's playing uh, Arnold Swollenpecker is a bad actor, but right. he's giving it his all. Yeah, you he's, know he's really going in deep, and uh, I think they fell in yeah, love with that. Like I, the concept of overacting to them was so awesome. That they were like, we got to keep this in the movie. Yeah, he has a kind of a Tim and Eric charm to him where he's just like failing in a way that is fun to look at. Yeah, if they yeah. gave him something else to do besides like now just fuck the old woman for uh-huh. five straight minutes mm-hmm. while a man masturbates and we show it, which is just porn. You've just actually made you necrophiliac just porn. Just made yeah. 
yeah. you forgot. You just you. It's a common mistake. It happens to us all when we're making a sketch, and we accidentally <laughs> make five minutes of necrophilic porn. Uh, but yeah, classic, classic comedy blunder. <laughs> and that, uh, also, I love escalation because we have Sushi Mama, we have Dawn of the mm-hmm. Dead, and they escalate. You know, usually in a sketch, you escalate the beats. Oh, then they go. Familiar. They did. They try to I, subvert I heard of this. that. You heard of this escalation? <laughs> they subvert it though. This is what's brilliant about <laughs> yeah, it. And they go to right. Sperm Lake instead of Swan Lake, which is just a bunch of dudes coming on each other set to ballet uh-huh. music, you know? Which is yeah, uh, way down below. I would argue below the racism of Sushi Mama. Yeah, exactly. It's just like a, at that point, it's just like, yeah, yeah, they're coming on each other. This is fine. Just this I'm all. so mad that my brain had to witness this stuff. I'm so mad that. <laughs> Like, I swear to God, if it's storing any of these memories anywhere, I'm going to find a way to punish it. Like, I'm going to start a heroin addiction it's just to punish my brain. That I don't I have a limited amount of memory, right, as a human. Right. And this mm-hmm. will never leave me. This yeah, movie. A lot of this is, is stuck there forever. That fucking stuck. chump ass brain made those goddamn dug out some wrinkles and put a couple of lightning <laughs> bolts in there. And it's going to make me remember this forever. I just. And there's. There's people who have made movies that I respect far more than Vince offer that have made mediocre movies that I've uh, I've already forgotten. And it, it bothers me that he has more of an impact in in my life than people who are what I consider. I better not, I better not remember this. You talk to me about this next week. I better be like, what the fuck? I'm going to have to listen to this whole podcast again <laughs> to edit it. I'm totally going to remember this. God damn it. You're going to. You're gonna. I'm still at a place of parenthood where my child will do magical things all day long. And they, those have been neurally mapped together along with this movie this week. And so uh, I might think of like, oh, this know. is the first time a different parent came up and said, your, your sweet kid is so patient with my, with my child. And I'll be like, yeah. And then I'll also remember the time three dudes jerked off on each other on Sperm Lake. Yeah. And, and, then, um, and then I said, uh, did you see that guy fucking the dead body over there? Mm-hmm. Uh, can we focus on no wait that was oh shit yeah I got those confused I always get those and memories I'll remember yeah I'll remember how much you loved it I I'll think remember, I remember oh. I think maybe you're onto something though I think I have to have a kid to like overwrite some of this like if I have a kid right now right or or no get, I'm saying that like anchored it no like, no no I got you but I'm saying <laughs> after the fact if I like if I get a kid now that combination oh, of like, sleep yes. deprivation and big milestones it might, yeah. it might erase it. Let's, it's it's, it's time to drink. I'm going to drink a handle of Jack Daniels, and that's hopefully it will take care of everything that happened today. Smart. I can't believe this is still going. The audacity of anybody to make an hour and a half sketch comedy movie when I don't think there has ever been a perfect half hour of sketch comedy. Like, mm-hmm. There have been some really good half hours of sketch comedy, but there's always one that misses because like your sense of humor isn't, you know, universal or they just it's just really fucking hard to do 22 minutes of, of comedy sketches and have everyone be a banger, even for the, the greatest experts in the world. So to, for you to say, and I know people have done it, we're going to do an hour and a half is just it's Olympic. It is a fucking marathon. And for you to have no ideas at all, not even one. And still do it and still fund it and still make it is just the most audacious thing I I have ever seen in my life. I have to admire the bravery, I guess, of it. It's truly it is brave. It's Icarus flying too close to the sun. You know, 
It's like watching and, a man throw himself on a grenade with no stakes. Like there's nobody around to save. And he's just like, oh, no, I got it. I, oh, I was brave. Why yeah, you, he saved a hat. And you remember the famous, you know, and we're just taking pot shots at this guy when he's truly the bravest of us all. Yeah. I had nothing to say. And I said it is. I spent half a million dollars to say it as loud as I could. Knowing <laughs> everybody would hate me for it. And they did. And then I got sued. And, I, and then I got sued and deserved all of what I got. Yeah. This inspired four lawsuits and started a, 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 litigating, a litigative war against the Church of Scientology, which suspiciously led to his life falling apart. It, it seems like we're wrapping up. There's so oh, much God, left of so. this movie. <laughs> I guess we'll go through. My notes have... Uh, Things you'll never see a jury making a right decision. And I think this supports my theory that just taking his racial expectations or stereotypical expectations and flipping them is a complete joke. So this was like an all black jury who were convicting a black man uh, of an unspecified crime. And then there's two white guys on the jury who were like, no, this is a, a ploy to keep the black man down. He's innocent. And uh, right. So his observation was, was, was like, the races on a jury tend to vote guilty or not guilty based on the race of the defendant. Right. But he accidentally landed on, you'll never see black people making the right decision and white people making the wrong one. That's, that's what he said. Right. And the presumption is that black people do this for each other and that's bad, you know, like he's, so his starting point is terribly racist. And his end, extremely racist. his end point is, is somehow more racist, racist. in a weird yeah. way. <laughs> and a weird racism. Like, I think right. he made himself, I think he made himself more racist. Like in the process of that yeah. sketch, he came out of it like, fuck, I'm right. I think so. I'm a hero. I'm a hero. God, I make some good points. Satire is laughter with knives, my man. You'll never believe that they revisit Big Black Virgin again. God. Yes. Take three, baby. Take three. And they break in this one. This one, they like leave in yeah. the fucking unusable take. Uh, and I really like at the end because they have a little phone call to kind of wrap up the movie. They're like, hey, how are we going to wrap this movie up? What'd you do last night? Did you get porked? And it's like, oh, that's kind of a strange way to put it. And then that turns out to be the joke because they each uh, meet up with pigs that they had like met yep. and had sex They're with last night. Pigs. Each, they yeah. both had sex with pigs. And that's guys, funny. here's the thing. Porked okay. means had sex with, right? But mm-hmm. pork is also like how you might refer to a pig. Fucking masters of comedy. Got to put that in right towards the end. Really end on a high note. Yeah. yeah. It's also good that you have a conversation of, I want to end spectacularly. You know, mm-hmm. like let's end with a bang. And then they discuss how they're going to end the movie over several scenes. And that's just the first scene. And, and how right. do they? What, what's like okay, proving, well, they do proving that they Angeline. have... Who is that? Who is that? Uh, she's very famous in LA for being famous. LA. Like this was yeah. pre-Kardashian. She would take out billboards of herself. And she's just like this weird old lady with lots of plastic surgery. That's just like nothing. Right. Okay. And so she's just like, so she even said that in this, so like I'm famous for being famous. Uh, and so anyway, they, he drives off on the hood of her car where he like surfs and they cut it with surfing footage Never, and never found before this moment, uh, Teen Wolf to not be charming. This is... Yeah, this ruins Teen Wolf. Yeah. 
it kind of ruins Teen Wolf. Like I would have said, if you want to be charming, just do the do the do the van surfing scene from Teen Wolf, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that, that's fun. That's fun loving. Mm-hmm. It's stupid, but in a in a boys will be boys kind of way. Uh, yeah. No, this was not charming. And then he gets a guitar, and then he beats the shit out of her windshield with the guitar. Uh, I'm not. I don't get the message. I feel like it's a message against empty celebrity, if anything. But it's also nothing. It's this whole thing is just nothing. Like watching someone s- standing on the front of a very slow moving car is just like, well, yeah, you're. That's something everyone does a couple of times in their life, and then they fall off the car and they stop doing it. Like it's <laughs> fifteen miles nothing. an hour, like a maniac. <laughs> Look at that maniac. Welcome to too excited seventh grader. Like it, like that's all you are, you fucking idiot. And uh, all of this, all of this, set to a soundtrack of nineties SoCal pop punk, which was the yeah. worst type of punk in the worst era, in the worst place for punk rock, and totally <laughs> appropriate for this. Agreed. Just instant musical shorthand for like I'm a clueless. Just hanging shit. out. Yeah, it's because they're like we're the precursor. <laughs> we're jackass. You know, that's the whole concept here. We're doing the wildest shit. Our movie's so edgy, <laughs> that's what, man. So, that's what so they came wild. up with. Mm-hmm. And they had apparently done this before because they this is where there's a title card dedicating the movie to the diehard fans of the 1988 public access show called The Underground Comedy Show. Ten years ago, they did uh, all this shit. God, yeah. this fucking the twist here is just is, astonishing. So yeah, that they had filmed this exact scene 11 years before. With the same, like, bits. If yeah. there were bits, like it sounds like when we're doing the play by play, there wasn't really bits. There are bits like Batman at one point move does like a three stooges bit where he, his uh-huh. bat hits the face of one person and then someone else is like, look over here. And he, yeah, uh, he moves to the other side and he hits the other person. That and was like, Hare Krishna's. They beat up the Hare Krishna's mm-hmm. in two different scenes. And that's they sh- they show an earlier shot, not in the movie, but of uh-huh. uh the show where they did that exact bit and that's yep. amazing to me 10 years ago you're like that hilarious bit we gotta I bring gotta that back people are the people weren't ready before in a way they might have been right like in the 80s <laughs> there was maybe still too much charm left in the world in comedy to like right to to have this be something viable but late 90s mm-hmm. getting into 2000s fucking attitude era it started to seem you started to seem like you were ahead of your time doing yeah. terrible shit in the eighties. It's like someone watched Tom green and like, didn't get what was like he was doing. Just right. got the results. Just saw, Oh, it's hilarious because like in Borat or something like that, uh, he's annoying those people. Yeah. That's fun. What if you would right? annoy the viewer? What if the viewer was the target <laughs> of the bit? Yeah. What if the movie (laughs) hates the audience? Hmm. Also, love the very ending of the movie where uh, they bring back the Marilyn Monroe bit, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And we're back with the framing device. We're with the guy who's been recording her vagina, I guess, the whole movie. Yeah, we got to we got to close this loop. Everybody remembers it. And and yep knows that we're flipping through channels we're expecting it it's that type of movie where you expect everything to be uh you know buttoned up and uh and then there's just these two other guys who are also uh people we've seen through the movie one's like Mm -hmm. the 17 year old kid and the other one is like one of the one of the unhoused people that they used i'm pretty sure Sure. yeah like and uh 
I think the implication is just that Marilyn Rose doing her classic Marilyn Monroe, you know, photo shoot thing, and uh, the draft is kicking up her dress, and that makes that makes them woohoo so horny. So they start jerking off, and of mm-hmm. course they they come, and they come sure. through the grate, and yep. it lands on Vince Offer's face, and he says. That's why it's called the underground comedy movie. <laughs> Yo, what what are you ta- what are you talking about? And who are you talking? And who are you talking to? What does that mean? Uh, it's what is going on in this man's brain? I need to know. I don't know, but he he stayed under that pouring semen for a long time, waited mm-hmm. for the second one to finish. Marilyn Monroe didn't seem to mind these two guys masturbating right in front of her because she mm-hmm. was having such a good time on that grate. This is, oh, yeah. I, I think it points to like the, the nimble elegance of this guy's brain that he saw a picture of Marilyn Monroe and thought she did that for four hours straight because in the picture she's not moving. <laughs> and so he thought Marilyn Monroe must have stayed. That's all I know about Marilyn Monroe. And I know she stood people on that one masturbated spot. to it, so they must have sure. been there at the time masturbating to it. All right. It's just such a such an imagination to and see a great. picture and think that's there's not a be second time it come great. You know, there's probably yeah. someone under that grate, right? Yeah, to, to mop up the cum. cum, there has to be. So that guy's get that guy's getting cum all over him. What if oh I God, was... did I just did I just invent cum getting on people? Oh, I I'm did. Sue the Fairley Brothers. Yeah. Time for a lawsuit. The only thing I want to get to on 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 Vince Vince offer here is uh, that you didn't cover is that I found out in my research for this that he tried to sell ShamWow COVID masks. Oh, Hell yeah! Uh-huh, of course oh, he did. Man. And I just I never had words for this until now. But the kind of guys that have to resort to showing tits instead of learning what a joke is and still think they're really funny. Mm-hmm. Are absolutely all COVID scammers today. Like it's the same pool. Yeah. Venn diagram same is grip. just a circle. It's perfect. And I love their TikTok videos <laughs> where they tell me how to be, how to, how to diversify my portfolio. Mm-hmm. You, you put it into different coins. You see, you put in different crypto. <laughs> I can't wait to invest in their cum coin. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. Let me tell you about the night the Supremes crashed. A little Halloween party called the Monster Mash. The zombies were out, having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. And Three Finger Louie, Aaron Croston, Adrian H, Alpha Scientist Javo. On Andy brought a succubus as his plus one. And everybody could tell. Andreas Larsen spiked the punch with holy water. Armando Nava, Benjamin Cyronic, Bim Tolzer locked Dracula out on the porch and it really hurt his feelings. Brandon Garlock, Brian Saylor, 
Brianne Whitney. Brockway loves the meat millie and nobody appreciates the PDA. Burrito Mouth took a swing at the devil. Cyril. Rev. Chance McDermott was tripping balls so hard he thought everyone was normal. Chris Brower. Curious Glare. Dan B. Dracula politely asked the artist formerly known as Devin to leave after he puked in the blob. Dean Costello. Donald Finney. Dr. Awkward brought Dr. Awkward's monster and was very pedantic when people called the monster awkward, but that was not what they meant. Eric Spaulding. Fancy Shark. Jellaho just kept making Frankensteins until they drank all the beer. Greg Cunningham just kept fighting drunk Frankensteins. Hambone, Araka, Hot Fart, Jaber Al Aden. James Boyd brought a Van Helsing as a date and not one of the chill ones. Jeff Orosky, Jeremy Neal, John Dean. John Hector McFarlane transformed into a bat because it's way cheaper to get drunk as a bat. John McCammon, John Minkle. Josh Fabian, Josh S, Ken Paisley, K&M. M. Jahi Chappelle broke the chandelier trying to show off for the Wilkman and he was not impressed. Matt Riley, Max Baroy split into six parts and hid himself around the mansion, but nobody looked for him. Michael Lair, Michael Wells was a perfect gentleman, but Mickey Loman was the malignant monster on his back and a total embarrassment. Mike Stiles, Moju, N.D. Neil Bailey. Neil Schaefer ate every single one of the mummy's hard-boiled eggs. Those were work snacks. Nick Ralston. Ozzy Orlin. Patrick Herbst made the monster from the Black Lagoon cry in the coat closet. Rain Vargas. Rhiannon. Sarkovsky. Sean Chase brought a pure mood CD and wouldn't stop playing it because it was, his words, so funny. Spotty Reception. Supernaut summoned a demon and made it do a keg stand. Ted H, Timmy Leahy, Ghosty God, Tom Sakula, Tommy G, Waylon Russell spray-painted all the hellhounds pink because he thought it would be cute. Yosarian let all the hellhounds out and it was not cute. Aiden Muet butt-dialed the cops. The monster cops, they did the bash! They beat those monsters ass, the monster bash! It was monster police brutality.